Welcome to episode 58 of the Movie City Maniacs. On tonight's episode, we'll be discussing The Haunted Palace from 1963. In your get 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 out, get, get out of here! Come on, you get get. Sorry about that, guys. Just had to put our uh, little creature back in the cage. Uh, he got out somehow. We uh, we got it all taken care of. We're good to go. Damn curse and the mutant children! Uh, welcome everyone to Movie City Maniacs. I'm I, Kyle. I'm Maddie. And I kind of wish that sometimes that you would have like instead of how some people had no eyes in town, yeah. I kind of wish you had no mouth in it. <laughs> I'm sure so do the listeners. Yeah. I bet they wish they wish they had no ears. Just the Maddie show. Yeah, exactly. Hey everybody and welcome. Here's here's dick jokes for the next hour and a half. Uh I, I think you could fill that hour and a half too. Exactly. Yes. Tonight we're talking about this is part three of our price. Carmen, Poe. <laughs> but the thing is, it's not. It's like, Episode. I guess it's like PCHP. Yeah. Because it's Lovecraft. It's not Poe, right? Yeah, this is false advertising. Yeah. Um, I guess we didn't realize this when we picked this. I guess we probably <laughs> should have picked an actual Price, Corman Poe story. But this is, of course. PCHP. <laughs> doesn't have the same ring, does it? No. Oh, well. The famous story is that uh, Roger Corman was kind of like, you know, I, I did a bunch of Cohen to try something different. He decided he was going to adapt this HP Lovecraft story, but the post stories were such a hit that they're like, yeah, let's just uh, name it after a poster anyway, and just let's let's put a little quote in here from mm. one of his stories, and maybe have you know Price recite one of these lines, and we'll get away with yeah. uh, calling it a post story. But yeah, that, that's almost kind of insulting HP Lovecraft yeah. fans, eh? But um, you know, whatever. The bottom line is, definitely did have. More of a Lovecraftian feel, right? With the mutant children. Oh, it's and, totally uh, the, the it's totally the Lovecraft story, the uh, case of Charles Dexter Ward. Oh, um, but yeah, well, we'll get into all this in a little bit. Um, anything exciting you want to talk about? Any movies you watched? Oh, yeah, I guess we could. I watched. Uh, you ever see this movie called Brawl in Cell Block Ninety Nine? I actually, that's um, from S. Craig Zoller, uh, the guy that did uh, Bone Hot Tomahawk. Was it him that did the yeah. uh, dude? This movie is awesome. It's pretty much just. Uh, Vince Vaughn kicking ass for like two hours straight. Like I guess he gets uh, not set up, but like something happens to him and he goes to jail, and they kidnap his wife and say, "Listen, we can abort the child, or we can take off limbs of the child and keep him alive inside your wife for you still owe us thirty three point two million because of that package you dropped. Mm-hmm. So what I need you to do is get into maximum security prison and get into cell block ninety nine and." kill this guy for us yeah. and at that point we will let your wife and your uh, unborn baby live so it's yeah. just him like 
kicking guards' asses trying to get into cell block to the 99. worst, like yeah, the worst, it's the worst, yeah, the worst. worst person. It is awesome. I thought Vince Vaughn would be like okay. <laughs> He's been pretty good as he of was late. good in True Detective, yeah. but I figured he'd be like the smackety uh, schmackety joke telling uh, uh, what's the Trent from uh, Swingers that I love. Yeah, he is not. He is kind of like terrifying. He doesn't have any emotion whatsoever, and I guess that's how you got to play this movie. I thought that was kind of cool. And so as this movie goes along, as he's like busting people's arms and like uh, giving them compound fractures, it gets more and more violent. He just goes um, above and beyond kicking people's asses. Like he's stomping yeah. skulls and like people's heads are kind of exploding through his punches. Yeah. <laughs> it gets ridiculously, but ridiculously awesome. Yeah. I was trying to watch this for our best of the year list yep. in December through means that I'm not proud of. And it, it kept on like freezing up and stuff. Yeah. And by that time I knew I wasn't get, I think I was watching it right until like the night before we recorded. Yeah. So I knew I wasn't going to finish in time. And I haven't, I'm kind of like, you know, I, I'm just going to wait and watch it when I pick it up on Blu-ray yeah. or whatever. But uh, yeah, I saw the first half and I, I enjoyed what I saw. I remember there's a, like right from the beginning where he gets pissed at his wife or something. Cause is she cheating on him or he something? Just punches Smashes car. her car for like five minutes. Like he's street fighter. You know, yeah, yeah. that's what he does. It's amazing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I, I need to finish it. I did enjoy I, I wasn't enjoying as much as I enjoyed Bone Tomahawk. Oh, but, yeah. um, you know, that that's just like full of really interesting characters. But uh, yeah, this was this still. This movie does, uh, it increases well yeah. like the uh, violence and the uh, intensity of yeah, it. Yeah. It keeps going. It keeps going. Because you didn't, did you get to the Don Johnson warden part or no? Um, I don't think so i think i was getting to the part right where he was in the first prison the first uh, beat up okay, to get yeah. to the next prison. so yeah don johnson's award in this and he's actually yeah. kind of amazing don johnson's had a, an <laughs> awesome crazy, career as right? late, too like it's been like these kind of little genre films mm. but he's been great and i'm like what was that cold cold in july he was really mm. good um but uh was yeah he, was he was blue ruin was that him as well or no no you're thinking of cold in july i think oh, they count around the same time that makes sense and, Cold in July is done by a guy that did Stakeland and then oh, Blue yeah, Ruins, yeah. the guy that did Green Room and Murder yeah, Party. Makes sense. But they're they're both like really good modern directors yeah. and they both released kind of similar movies in a in a, in a way, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else? So it, I know that's all I got. But what are you going to give? Uh, I, I got to give it seven is what I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I watched a movie uh, I've been wanting. At 7.5. Okay. Yeah. Hey, the more I'm thinking about it, like, oh, it was, I enjoyed that. I fucking eight. Yeah. Eight, eight, ten out of ten, motherfuckers. I don't know. I just did some kind of weird accent there. <laughs> was, that, was that your Vince Vaughn? <laughs> no, it's just my uh, kick-ass action voice. Um, I, I watched a movie I wanted to see in theaters. I believe you saw in theaters, but I didn't get a chance. It's probably one of my most anticipated films. I even read the novel beforehand, which is uh, something new for me. Uh, Ready Player One. Oh, awesome. Uh I, I enjoyed it. This is a weird film. It's like I've, I'm online. It seemed like it got kind of mixed reviews, but mostly positive, mostly mm-hmm. love. And then like everyone I talked to in my work hated it. So I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. I had a lot of fun with this. I don't understand the hate. It's not a perfect film. Hey, listen, but again, you're watching it and you're just seeing all these fun characters just yeah. like in the background. Like, oh shit, is that Freddy? Is that Chucky? Yeah. Is that a Ninja Turtle? Robocop. Like every yeah. Se- yeah, every second there's it would be fun just to watch and try to like write down. Yeah. Make a game and everyone gets a piece of paper and try to write down oh, all the references that would be you insane. see. But um yeah, I don't know. Like I understand I mean I am totally against CGI for the most yeah. part myself. I prefer practical if it can be done. Yeah. And this is definitely more of a C- like the yeah. whole film was most CGI because the whole a lot of it takes a place in a game. video game, and 
some of that, I don't know, maybe they could have did the look a little bit different, a little bit more interesting, but I, I was fine with it. I don't know. I don't, I, it seems like that's what everyone's shitting on. I don't know what people's problems with, with this is, because like, from the beginning to end, I had a blast with yeah. it. I mean, right from the, the, the that first set piece action scene, race scene, where they have to like awesome, get right? through the end. And then King Kong is kind of- He's like, in the back of the future yeah. car. They're swerving through traffic and cars mm-hmm. exploding everywhere. And like, yeah, King Kong's chasing. They got to get to the end before he gets there and stops him, almost like Donkey Kong and Mario. There's a fucking T-Rex from Jurassic Park coming over yeah. there. And it almost felt like a Michael Bay action scene in the, in the sense that there's explosions going on. But the difference is it's actually shot well. Like Steven Spielberg yeah. knows how to shoot the shit out yes. of a scene. Like I love, you know, even like I, I always bring it up with the adventures in Tintin. I love that mm-hmm. film just because like the set pieces, he's just fantastic at doing that. Where like this is going to hit this, which is going to make this come down here. Then you got to decap like the that. great machine. Kind exactly. Of so right away I was kind of like, ah, you, you got me pulled in. Yeah. That's early on. And I enjoyed it. Um, Yes, if you read the book, the book is probably better, which is the same in most I, cases. I feel like everyone has to say that, don't they? Like, Well, in this case, I actually believe it. But I, I think they both work on different ends. I think the book is a little bit more intimate. It, the, the book, like the first challenge in the book is more like this Dungeons and Dragons oh, okay. kind of thing where you have to go through this, like you have to find where this castle is. No one knows where it is, this hidden temple thing. And he goes through and they're like he faces off against kind of like some creature from Dungeon Dragons. Mm-hmm. It, it's a lot more nerdy and kind of like that that like you couldn't really do in a big budget film. A bit more tech-based. Like it's like games. the first thing is like you yeah. got to beat this guy while playing Joust. And like, yeah. you know, you can't do that in a that big, big budget movie. Exciting. So I understand why they had to make the changes. I kind of enjoyed all that stuff. I mean, I never grew up necessarily with mm-hmm. Dungeon Dragons, but I always grew up liking a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing too that I do feel that the movie should have did and maybe it's because Spielberg film and he wanted to make it a little bit more family-oriented, but in the book, one of the characters, he's talking to him and you hear the, the agent rush in his room and they throw him out the window. Oh, they actually kill like one of the dudes? And his buddy? Yeah, but on the news, it's like, ah, he commits suicide. But it shows you that these guys are not fucking around. Like, they're going to kill you if they have to. They want to that win money. This. Whereas, and I think like doing that adds a lot of like, holy shit, like the shit just got real. Yeah. Like, you, there's a lot more tenses to it from that point on where you're like, these guys are willing to. And I know in the movie, they try, they blow up, they try yeah. to, but it, it just doesn't feel because nothing ever happens. Anyone no you kind of feel like, and I get it, you like these characters, but I think, again, maybe having one of the characters die would have been a little more interesting. I don't know if I'm spoiling with that, but I don't know. I just, I had a blast with it. Like you said, it's just fun spotting all the references, and it, it doesn't feel like, some movies feel like they're throwing them in. Yeah. Hey, to, you remember this? Yeah, like remember Care Bears? To like, yeah. oh, you're nostalgic, yeah. but I felt like Spielberg, I don't know, he was the right guy to do this. It never felt too forced. No, because it was just in the background. It wasn't like, uh, there was a yeah. few that were like, yeah, here it is. But, but I, yeah, I think they were all well done. Like, again, you could have just had Jurassic Park and he has to run. Yeah. Through. It's like, no, the way the T-Rex and King Kong, they all fit the, that plot. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, it didn't feel Shoe-horned like, in. yeah, exactly. It felt like, all okay, what would work in this scene? And he picked the character that would work. And I, I don't know. I, there, there was a lot of cool action scenes. I liked, mm-hmm. you know, I thought it looked mostly, I didn't have a problem with the special effects. I thought it mostly looked great. Yeah. The music was well done. Um, I, I don't know. I, I had fun with it. I, I'm not getting all the hate. I think it will probably make my top 10 of the yeah. year, personally. I mean, it would make sense, right? It was an experience, right? Yeah. Like, uh, you're it's a summer blockbuster you, from yeah. the get go you're hooked and you're on this ride with yeah. these guys like which and this has been a year of in my opinion weak summer it was a pretty weak summer yeah. I mean we had I guess Infinity War was good at the beginning of the year Black Panther was really beginning of the year mm. and then there was only one, one other film that saved the summer for me which we'll talk about in a second but um, yeah I don't know I, I had fun with it you solo or no? no oh, alright then I've heard mixings I'll pick yeah. it up on Blu-ray um, 
But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just had a lot of fun with this. I'm going to give it, I, I don't know, I'm between seven and a half and eight. I think I'm going to go on eight on yeah, this. Like, eight makes sense. Again, it's nothing life-changing, but it's a film I'm going to throw on again and have a big smile on my face. Yeah. Like this is when people talk about like, oh, Marvel films or popcorn munchers. Like I enjoy those, but I don't didn't have, I don't have this big smile on my face watching it the yeah, whole time that don't. I did with this film. I find you get bored pretty easily with them just like punching each other. Yeah, like this way. again, I, I think no one can shoot Mm-hmm. A set piece like Spielberg. It's not just the way he does the swings around the camera. It's like, it's perfect. I don't, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be sad when we lose him because I don't think no one has come close to doing that. Where I don't know, he's just great at it's going everywhere and you're there and it never, you always know what's going on. You're never lost. Yeah. There's not too many edits. It's perfect amount of edit. Like, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but yeah. Anyways, I had a total blast. Of this. I don't want to spoil it too much. I guess I spoiled it. No one dies. <laughs> but um, again, I don't think that's going to ruin the film. I no. think in a Spielberg film, you kind you of know, know that. Um, but the other film I want to talk about, which was my favorite film of the summer and possibly the year so far, um, Mission Impossible. Oh yeah. Fallout. Yes. 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 Before we get into that, let's just talk about... <laughs> Did we talk about this yet or no? No. Okay. Um, let's just talk about... I was um, supposed to see it with you and Stokes. Oh, you turned your back <laughs> on us. And... Uh, it, Judas. <laughs> we, it, it totally shows when it comes down to Cruz and Friends. Cruz comes first. You, so it just shows that you... What's the guy's name? Uh, Ethan Hunt? You are yeah. no Ethan Hunt. Like, he would never leave his friends behind. Oh, no, no. You did. Like, yeah. Like, first chance. You just... Yeah. So, the, you guys couldn't make it opening weekend... And I had a chance. A bunch of people from work were going, and they were actually going to. I've I've been. I we have a lot of IMAX around here, but they're the LIMAX, the the fake IMAX. Yeah. They're not actually the bigger screen, the big good sound. I've been to like a couple IMAX before, and even the ones I've been to, I've been to the ones in uh, one of our cities. It's good. It is real IMAX, where I saw um, uh, the Dark Knight Rises actually. Mm-hmm. But again, they're older screens, and I've heard they haven't like done any work on them for a long time. Like they're kind of outdated. I went to the one with probably the best in Ontario, the actual IMAX in Toronto, to see this. And, and it, yeah, I had a chance to see it with a bunch of friends from work. Is it the one like an Ontario place? No, no. Uh, it's the one like downtown? Yeah. So, yeah, I had a chance to see it with a bunch of people from work, and I, I definitely had to take yeah. it. Um, it was like even getting to the theater was kind of cool. I've never been to one of those theaters where they actually have huge, like, huge advertisement stuff in the films that are like a life size. Oh, right, right, They had a lot of cool stuff like that. So getting into theater was like, ah, this is already cool. I'm already psyched for this. Mm. But either way, you did get to see it. I was hoping to see it a second time with you guys, but the times just weren't working out. It's it's so hard for me to get out to a theater Mm. that seeing a movie twice, but if I was going to see one twice, this this would be be the film because... I had a fun, talking about having a smile on your face the whole time. This is like yeah. a two, two, almost two and a half hour movie. It did not feel like that. Like when it ended, I was kind of like, really? Like, I want more. Like, I, I can watch this again. In it. Like, it starts off insane. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't let, let up. go. This is the definition of a roller coaster ride. There's been comparisons to the Dark Knight of the action film, the Mad Max. Mm-hmm. The Mad Max of this year. And I agree. Like, I, Dark Knight, I definitely kind of got those references. It says, it is this big epic kind of story, and you're getting going across the world and all different uh, sprawling like a motherfucker, right? Divisions of villains and whatnot. Even the score, though, the, the score was totally ripped off from Hans Zimmer's Dark Knight yeah. score, but I thought it worked. It was fantastic in this film. I know everyone's like, ah, you Tom Cruise fanboy, yeah. you're you're biased, and maybe I am, but I thought this film was fucking fantastic. Yeah. Like, Again, I'm. 
I agree with you on Tom Cruise a little bit. I can't but think he of is so good in this. Movie. I can't think of too many. I'll tell you, I do have maybe one, one or two minor faults of the film. But other than that, like I was just in it from the beginning to end. Even uh, Superman was so good in this movie. What's the guy's name? Yeah, Henry Cavill. He started like the first couple of lines he had. I was like, ooh, he's not a good actor, yeah. is he? But then, like, yeah, as it went on, like I think maybe that was his first day shooting because yeah. he was great as a character. There are some really badass scenes with him. Yeah. That bathroom fight is one of the best it is bathroom. Insane, right? And talking about no hunger shoot again if Spielberg is the king of set pieces Chris McQuarrie is the king of action movies like he's now the guy to me like because even going back to Jack Reacher I didn't love the film as much as other people but it had some great action scenes mm-hmm. but now Rogue Nation and now this like he's he's the guy for me yeah. again he's just great at action scenes but you're never like again unlike Bay you're not getting all these edits you can clearly see everything that's going on I mean it helps that Tom Cruise is insane and is actually doing all these stunts by himself yeah, that was awesome right he's doing the motorcycle stunts he's flipping off motorcycles he's, he's fucking swinging from helicopters he's actually driving the helicopters doing these in, insane like going down straight down that like stuntmen are like yeah this is crazy like this is you're tough going to do to die. Um, what else the, the, the fights the, in jump, the bathroom the uh, halo jump oh the halo jump they did that was shot so well like, yeah when you're in the theater like my heart was kind of going a little bit oh, yeah, yeah. like the uh yeah you felt like you were jumping out of the plane well, again because so well that's done. him doing it i mean so that's well taking done. a camera they use cgi very minimally in this film like it's you know i, I don't know a lot of action scene movies these days you can tell they're constantly mm-hmm. trying to cgi enhance it's like this film it, it's all great and it's all him and I, I don't know i was just blown away like you said just goes from one thing to the other uh, yeah, I, I don't have anything bad to say about the film. That it, it was just—it's insane. Like you're getting like every—it's like everything you wanted. All the cool scenes from Mission Possible—they're yeah. all melded into this one. Plus a lot more that you haven't seen before. And even like the characters, I really dug like the double oh, crosses. Yeah, yeah. The uh... well, they brought back Bing Graham's actually mm-hmm. has a lot more to do in this mm-hmm. film. Simon Pegg is great in it as always, yeah. and um, Rebecca Ferguson from Rogue Nation, she was great in that. Good enough where everyone's like, ah, oh, like I want to see her in her own film. Yeah, she was great in this too. So yeah, every everything works. Um, this film is more of uh, I guess it's um more of an emotional kind of personal journey. Mm-hmm. They want to actually kind of show him. Yes, he is. The super he's heroic a, he, agent, he's in the hunt man. He's but, a Superman. But unlike Bond, they're trying to like humanize him a bit, and it's like, yes, this is what he had to give up to do this. He, he cares about so his friends right. over. The, you know, the mission's important, mm-hmm. but if it's between him and the mission, which is kind of a weird thing, yeah. you should probably go for the mission. <laughs> but he's like, no, I'm gonna say the person and still say the mission. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it was really cool. They do bring back uh, Michelle Monaghan from Part Three, and I think mm-hmm. she was in like part the ending four? of Part Four or Five. But she has a little bit more to do, and they kind of they end that kind of story, which yeah. is nice because it kind of left it. I'd never like tell they left it open ended. You're like, because you kind of like, is there something to happen between him and Ferguson? But you can't because he's still married. Yeah. To, so they kind of put into the, all that. They um, close off that story. Um, the villain, I can't remember his name from Rogue Nation, is back though, and he's just yeah, he's a great fucking villain. Ever he since seeing so him in Red good. Riding trilogy, which is he was just terrifying, and mm. he's much worse of a character in that film, but. Um, he's getting this. Uh, just everyone. Alec Baldwin's in there. Alec Baldwin is pretty much the same character. Yeah, in everything. <laughs> but he plays that character so good. Right? Well, that that character is the same character in every movie. They pretty much like Dennis Hopper is, in, or yeah. not Dennis Hopper. Um, Anthony Hopkins is part two. Yeah. Who did they have in part three? Like every movie, they just get a different guy to mm-hmm. beat that leader. But he's fine in this. Um, he's the same guy in The Departed, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you married? You married? <laughs> um. I don't, I don't want to say too much about this film because I'm sure we'll talk about it at the mm-hmm. end of the year again. But um, and I want to watch it again. But yeah, it's it's a roller coaster ride from the end. 
The only small problem I have with it, and it's not it's a small minor thing. I thought Ving Rams he has a lot more to do in this, but sometimes I feel his acting was a little off because like, it's like he hasn't been doing as much lately. But mm. there's a scene where he gives a speech to Rebecca Ferguson's character about Ethan and his relationship yeah. with Michelle Monahan. And I, I don't know, I thought that was pretty terrible. It kind of felt forced, like we gotta somehow fit this in. Yeah. Because we don't want people wise. hating Ethan if he decides to go with Ferguson we want to yeah. kind of make it why it's okay but um, I know I thought it was this kind of weird awkward speech I, I didn't like that but other than that I mean I, I do you have any other complaints? I got no qualms I mean I guess the plot isn't as um, it's not as intricate and maybe twisted some of the other films I mean it's kind of straightforward you know there's a mole in there but you can kind of guess who you it is I've seen the trailers is. but other than that, I mean, it is, yes, it is kind of like a roller coaster ride of action scenes, but I think the story is still there. It's interesting enough to hook you in. Yeah, and, the story is so minimum, though. This movie yeah. is about, like, all right, you're selling? It's like the tension. You got to get there before. Go. It's like yeah. this 10th ride. You got to get there before the bomb goes off, kind of mm. thing. But uh, I fucking love this film. Um, like I said, I agree with a lot of people saying, to me, it is the dark night of the action yeah. film. I mean,. Uh, that scene where they, the heist and he has to smash the truck into the other truck into the water and because they have this plan and yeah. he's like, no, fuck you, I'm not going to kill people. That was so good, right? Because he has to show that he's not a good guy, that he is a villain, but he doesn't want to actually kill any cops, so he's just like completely changed the plan. <laughs> and Oh, man, I, there's so many cool scenes I just I could talk about for, for hours. Uh, the scene where he's, he's on the helicopter and he's up the rope and he falls like down oh, and you're like... That, my, my balls kind of jumped up inside <laughs> me. Did you get the same thing? You're like, oh, oh, yeah, shit. yeah. There, there's a couple yeah. moments like that. And again, seeing it on the Onyx with a huge yeah. screen, like really heightened those... Uh, you just got to rub it in, don't you? Those, <laughs> <laughs> the scene on the mountain, the, the, the action scene was I fantastic. Was kind of, I don't give anything away, but like, um, people oh. were actually like physically disfigured in this movie, which I, yeah. I, I enjoy it when you actually see like the ramifications yeah. of a fight yeah. and you get like oil in your face and you're all burning the rest of the movie the scene too where like they showed a lot in the trailer that was a big um they had a lot of it in the making mm-hmm. of some stuff where he did that jump across Byung's and he busted his broke ankle. his ankle but then got up and started riding yeah. and he actually just, you, it's just cool seeing that yeah. in the movie knowing that he actually yeah. injured himself that's real I mean that's again that's why I love watching Tom Cruise on screen because you know like Everything if he's doing in the movie, it's probably he did it for real. And it, yeah. it adds something. It's a lot more than seeing a batting or seeing a stunt double or CGI mm-hmm. putting their face on it. Like there's something about seeing this stuff done for real that I miss. We're just not getting that a lot these days. And I like yeah. when films do do it. I mean, Mad Max did a lot of those those uh, car stunts uh, on question, camera as how, well. How much is the insurance on Tom Cruise on something like this? Well, he's like, the producer, so he can probably uh, he can, he can get away with it. Like, yeah, uh, I remember that was a thing with part if, two. If he dies. Like, what do you do? Say, I don't know. So you have to, he crashes the maybe he pulls a Vic Moore and he actually crashes yeah. the fucking helicopter. What the heck? I don't <laughs> like, know. I know it's getting to the point where yeah. this stunts keep on getting ramped up and ramped mm-hmm. up. I'm kind of like, I could see him going on one of these yeah. films, and I mean, maybe that's how he'd want to do it. Yeah, I mean, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I just like where you know that this actor's giving it his all, and again, I, I'm enjoying. It's only it's not for all. I mean, Marvel is still pretty much fucking shot on a green screen. Yeah, but. I, I'm enjoying that we are getting these couple films, handful of films every year that are going back to like doing as much of it on Nolan, of course, does everything yeah. on camera they can. I, I don't know. That's why I enjoy like Nolan. He's yeah. usually my number one every year because you know that everything, there, there's something about everything being done on camera for real. I don't want to see special. everything CGI. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I love the Black Panther, but one of my problems with that film is like, you know, I mean, obviously I don't expect that Wakanda's not a real yeah. place, <laughs> but you know, you could build they, it. They have enough money at Disney. Yeah. You could have went, yeah, either a good set or actually go fucking shoot in some jungle yeah. somewhere. When I know that everything is green screen, it just it's not the same for me. Yeah. 
there's something about going to all these locations, which again they do in this film. They're going to all these, uh, so it's almost like you're getting to see. Oh, I want. I wonder what this place yeah. is like. Well, I'm going to get to see it in this movie. You're going to see all the the sites around the world, and it's just. It's, uh, I don't know. I had a blast with it. Um, what are you going to get? Actually, before, what, how would you rank this in the Mission Impossible series? Oh. It's tough for me. I was thinking, yeah. like, I don't know. Like, I love one. I love three. I love four. Yeah. I love five. Like, I think my favorite before was one and four, and then I went five, and then three, and two. But again, like, this film could fit anywhere in there. Yeah. It could be up there with the best. It could be, I don't know. It's as good as four any of the better ones. pretty awesome, yeah. right? But, I, again, my problem with four is the villain was kind of weak. Yeah. Everything else was fantastic. Whereas this film, you know, the villains were great. So, I, I don't know. yeah. It's, it's missing that really cool opera scene that was in part five. I really enjoyed part five, too. So, again, I, I do like the, these yeah. films. I mean, it's one of the most consistent series mm-hmm. with only part two kind of being the yeah. blip. And even part two, it's not good, but as a John Woo action film, it's okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It has its moments. Um, but, yeah, anyways, what are you going to give uh, Mission Impossible Fallout? I got to give it 8.5 as far yeah. as action movies go. Yeah. I was mesmerized Yeah, I'm gonna, I, I was almost going to go 9, but I think I'm going to go an 8.5. I'm going to see how it holds up on second, second viewing. viewing. I'm going to obviously... Might, it might not. like Again, because it was so like an intense action. Yeah. Uh, I think it's yeah. still well, Again, because all those scenes, though, were so... Yeah. It's not like one of those films where you're just watching it to see the twist what or what happens. Like Maybe some of that intensity will mm. lighten up, but I, at the same time, I still think it's... I don't know. It's a fantastic. I I can't wait to see a lot of those scenes again. Yeah. Um. You know, the motorcycle chase in the bathrooms. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Um. <laughs> are you, wait. Are you hard right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, little friend. He popped up just to say hi. Did, did you call it little Tom? <laughs> hello, there, little Tom. <laughs> That's so good. He's he's uh, back in place now. Um. But um. Yeah. It was great. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Or? I watched the Nun the other day. Oh. Okay. You know, like How was that? Nun? Yeah. Yeah. As far as uh, horror movies go. It wasn't good and it wasn't bad. Okay. It was pretty much, I, I enjoyed the, uh, it takes place in like a castle in like Romania yeah. in like the 1950s. Like yeah, that. like so the, I enjoyed the atmosphere, but. Yeah, that was great. A lot of the sets and the cinematography. The story and was kind of silly. Yeah. And uh, I, there was a lot of weird one-liners and oh. it didn't really um, work for me. But there A lot was, of jump scares? Or? Yeah, not not many. But okay. like a few, again, there was a few, like they sprinkled throughout. Yeah. It didn't. Do for me pretty much anything. I wasn't bored. I wasn't uh, happy. So it was just like not as not up there with the Conjuring. Or it even was Annabelle. not. Yeah, there was some cool scenes where they had like uh, the dead ringers, like the bells in the graves. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Again, cool atmosphere. That's all I can really say about it. Like hmm. even the plot, I thought like okay, this is kind of. That's too bad. A little bit silly. You've been bummed out on horror films this year. That yeah, I really have, man. You didn't enjoy The Meg, which that seemed like a lot of people enjoyed yeah, that one. I didn't and... dig it. Maybe I'm expecting too much. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you need to go back into like yeah the nineties horror, and if you get anything that's half decent, you're like the best movie. Of yeah, all I think time. so. I'm gonna watch Tales from the uh, Hood soon and uh, <laughs> go back into hey, it. that. Is a fucking incredible film. I just watched it, but um, yeah, we'll talk. I about guess that part two's time. coming out very soon. Oh, I got that be pre-ordered. Yeah, same director. I don't know how it's gonna hold up. But yeah, it's, I, I I think the first one is so like I think it's much better than it gets credit for. I thought you or were my boss really liking it. Was that you? No, I've always liked it. I was always surprised when you, you know, had it like so high up. But yeah. I agree with you. I, I think it is it's rewatching good, it now, right? especially on Blu-ray. That like, yeah, I think it. Um, it's it's definitely one of the better anthologies for right? sure. Yeah. I got to give the Nun a five point five before okay, we get well. off track. It okay. Uh, anything okay, else? There's one sure? weird scene in this uh, where like uh, I guess the blood of Christ is part of um, the plot line, and the guy like was the guy like, holy shit, and the guy's like the holiest. I'm like, okay, this is where we're at. <laughs> 
<laughs> but hey, has that girl from like the Valley of Violence and like I guess the Final Girls, and she's actually really good in this. Yeah, what's uh. Tysa Farmiga, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Is that she's the girl. She was the lead in Final Girls. And yeah, stuff yeah, yeah, as well. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's actually really good in this. Like. She's uh, the younger sister of Vera Farmiga, who's who we we, we both love. Uh, that plays Lorraine in the Conjuring series. Oh. And she's Bates Motel and everything up in the air. Awesome. But it's weird. She's yeah. I think she's. I was just looking up. She's 21 years. Younger. younger that's strange that's right? weird to have a sister yeah that's 21 years well, maybe like one of like Frank Sinatra things that like he was raised by his uh... but they must they must be the same I don't know they look alike like she looks yeah. like I always thought she was her daughter, daughter. Yeah. would make sense but no yeah she's a both of them well both of them are great actresses mm-hmm. uh, she's having a good little career though the, the younger sister too I, I'm getting these guys confused so uh, the Conjuring spawned all these movies right yeah the, and so... then Annabelle and the Nun are now spinoffs yeah The Conjuring, uh, the Conjuring. And I guess the nun came from The Conjuring too. And um, Annabelle came from The Conjuring. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So it's all in the family at that all, point. What all connects in Annabelle yeah. 2 connects to Annabelle 1 and Annabelle 1 connects to Conjuring. And <laughs> yeah, it's a whole little puzzle there to, to put together. But again, um, I, I would get like Sinister mixed up in this mix as well. Like it just seems like, oh, it seems normal. I don't know about that, Maddie. But uh, <laughs> you don't think so? You don't? I find they're no. all in the same vein. Like, no, no, no. No, no. Insidious maybe is closer because they're both directed by James Wan. But, yeah. Um, anyways, so you get a five and a half. Any anything else that we should move uh, on we can to? Move on to the haunted, haunted palace, man. Okay. Well, yeah. Let's throw up here's the trailer for the haunted palace from 1963. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. The Haunted Palace. You, who find a kind of macabre joyousness in the horrifying, will enjoy yourselves as in ecstasy in The Haunted Palace. Starring Vincent Price, a being who lived and died and lives again. I'll not have my fill of revenge until this village is a graveyard. And intriguing Deborah Paget whose appealing beauty inflames the blood of the bloodless. Charles, please. Well, I've been very busy, but I'm back now. Charles. We have the whole night before. His violent, torturous passions inflict both pain and terror. Lon Chaney carrying on a family tradition of masterful motion picture horror, while the strange and feared new master of the haunted palace reaches for the skeleton of one long dead. You see? He's taken her mind, her soul, just like the others. Really, this is outrageous. After all these years, I'm entitled to a few small amusements. 
Charles Dexter Ward arrives in a small village after inheriting a house from his ancestor, an evil warlock who was burnt at the stake a hundred years ago, but not before he placed a curse on the townspeople. Um, yes, as we mentioned in the opening, this is um, it's titled after the Poe story, The Haunted Palace, which is from the House of Usher, but it is actually more based on the Lovecraft story. The case of Charles Dexter Ward. Um, I was looking up in that that story. It's it's pretty close to this one. I think it's a yeah. little bit different. I think he kind of brings the ancestor back and he kills him, but they look alike, so everyone thinks that he is okay. So he brings him back from the dead. Yeah, the ancestor kills him. Yeah, and uh, and then, goes and back then to... you know gets thrown in a psychiatric home because I think he's off and and whatever, and he, he's going to resurrect these creatures, oh. the creatures of Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah, what do they call them? They just call them like the things in this movie, don't they? Or the uh, uh, He does mention, well, the, he mentions the gods of Cthulhu and some, uh. what's the other famous um, Lovecraft creature? I forget, but he does mention them. The ne- Necronomicon. Well, he's re- yeah, the Necronomicon is in this film too, yeah. which is kind of cool. I think this mm. might be the first film to have the Necronomicon. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Cool. I believe so. But yeah, pretty much it opens up a really cool opening where Price and a woman, um, Hester, I believe is her name. I'm not, I guess, I think this will be not only just, she's not just as like helper, but she's a uh, lover as well. As well. But um, they bring in the young girl. Yeah, this young girl is walking, and this is really cool. Again, we're getting great sets here where she's walking through this foggy town, getting to this castle, and you can kind of tell she's in a trance or something. She gets to the castle. You don't know what they do with her, but then when she's the all the town's mob people know that he's been doing this and they've had enough. They're going to put a stop to it. Oh, yeah, it. they're going to lynch them. And it's kind of cool where they like, um, no, see, she's fine. And she says, like, I'm fine. And they've got her under the spell where she yeah. can say certain things. But then when they ask, like, what's your name? She she's couldn't like, give them anything. Yeah, no, no, don't worry about that. And then, yeah, she couldn't answer it. So they know that she's under some kind of trance. Yeah. And that's where they take Price. And Hester gets let save because mm-hmm. uh, I believe she was previously married or in love with someone else. Yeah. One of the townspeople, he feels like ah, oh, she was brainwashed or whatever. Like uh, her, his spell as yeah. well. But um, yeah, they end up taking Price, tying him to a tree, burning that and burning him alive. Not before uh, he puts a curse on the various townspeople. He names off like each name, which oh, kind of cool. awesome, right? But what a great way to open the film! Yeah. Like for this is a film again for 1963. Yeah. That's kind that's of kind of intense, isn't it? Pretty yeah, uh, pretty tense. Um, so yeah, right away I was kind of already hooked in, and then you and we still have this mystery like, well, what was he doing with those yeah. women? And we don't even really find that out to the don't. end, really. I mean, so then what we have now is Price. He's uh, there with his new wife. Again, he's no longer Dexter Ward. He no, now goes by Joseph Curran, or is it the other way around? Uh, I thought it was he is now. Yeah, Ward. sorry, he's Ward, and he Curran was we played before. So Ward comes back with his wife, and and um, they've inherited this house. Uh, the townspeople are like treating them like they have like leprosy. They are like, oh no, you get out of here. We don't like yeah, your kind. exactly. Well, they don't want him. They're afraid that he's gonna, Bring you know, make the... make it even worse. They're already cursed, but uh, which we're gonna find out soon. But they end up staying. Uh, <laughs> even Buster Bob's like, this is the uh, New England uh, hospitality. Hospitality. Like, yeah. Oh, this is that famous New England hospitality, is yeah. it? He's, he's charming in this too. Oh, he's great. He in plays. This. The duality very well. Very well, well, yeah. They definitely seem like two different characters. Mm -hmm. You can tell when he's been taken over, Mm -hmm. and it's just subtle, though. We can tell as an audience, but you could also understand why maybe other people might not get why that he's been taken over, because he does it where he's kind of still 
word, but mm-hmm. you can tell there's something off about him. But anyways, he ends up, they end up staying and uh, yeah, the the curse is back. The I guess there's this picture of a uh, Kerwin that like I guess entrances him somehow. Yeah, they they never really explain, but mm-hmm. somehow Kern gets uh, he gets possessed by the soul of Kern, and he's going to eventually take over his body and uh, resume his experiments yeah. again. Also at the castle, you have his two servants. I got a um, question. They were around for 110 years, right? Like, why are they still alive? Maybe it's the like servants? the sons of, I guess it's like Lon Chaney Jr. Yeah, right? it could be. I, uh, I don't know. I never thought about that. Yeah. But you're right. Well, it's even funny because when he comes back, the townspeople even like, they all, right when the price comes in the bar, they all recognize him. Yeah. And they're all freaking out. It's like, yeah, he kind of looks similar to the picture, but like, if anyone came in the bar, would you just assume it's that guy? Like, yeah. you didn't know him. These are like your these and are like your son of your son of the yeah, people this that is actually witnessed it. Ten years later, so I thought it was kind yeah. of funny. Yeah, it's supposed to be one hundred ten years later, but they all look the same. Well, even the doctor and who they wasn't all, from that town said, "Listen, he serves nothing but like genetics. Like, yeah, that's yeah. why he looks like this penguin because he comes from his genes, yeah. motherfuckers." But either way, the townspeople have none of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you find that his servants are, yeah, like you mentioned, Lon Chaney Jr., who's kind of a nice surprise. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know he was in this. Plays one of his ser- servants, uh, Simon Orne. Uh, most people, of course, will recognize him. He played the Wolfman. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize, though, he also played the mummy in various mummy films. I think it was the Phantom? Um, and he played Son of Dracula. He played Dracula, uh, I believe, in some of the films, I think, Dracula or the Son, maybe the Son of Dracula. Mm-hmm. But he, yeah, he, he's got a whole list of, uh, you know, the big sleep, cyclops, alligator people, spider, baby, witchcraft. 197 credits, his name. I didn't realize Holy he was that. moly. Actually, going through the filmography of all these guys, that was just the norm back then. I guess if you were still working in Hollywood, you now it's like a big deal. You're like, well, Tom Cruise did two movies in one year. Back then, it's like you did like five four. to ten movies in one year. It was insane. Like, all these guys. I guess you were owned by the studio. Yeah. Like, the studio like all these guys it. were in the business for, let's say, 20 years. And in that time, they made 150 to 200 films. That's like, every insane, every actor right? in this one was going through a film. It's, that was like the norm. And it's pretty crazy. But yeah, he, he's fun in this as yeah. the uh, sinister. He's kind of got the sickly look to him. And you mm-hmm. find out, you know, Everyone has a sickly look, and it gets worse. You find out that a lot of the townspeople's children are cursed, man. They got no eyes. They're born without mouths. Which, again, here's the thing. That would make sense if he cursed the children. But if he put the curse, why would the curse not hit the children or the children's children but the children's children. Like the great, it's great like the fourth generation yeah. that actually all the kids are cursed. Well, so it's kind of it weird. Gets, yeah, it just gets worse maybe, but it's weird, right? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, because the other people seem fine. They yeah. look fine to me. But yes, you see like weird, there's a girl walking down the street and her eyes are gone. Like her face is just kind of yeah, like- Yeah, that looks so creepy, right? Yeah, then there's the one kind of son that they have locked in the basement that you don't ever really get a it's, good glimpse of. It's almost you? like people in the He's got like a lizard kind of hand. You just see like his hands yeah. like they feed him and he grabs him and he burns him with the candle. There's oh. even a scene where Price and his wife are in the town mm-hmm. and all like the deformed people are kind of like Oh, that's awesome, right? That one guy has that weird scare them, yeah. Nose. Yeah, but I thought it was definitely, yeah, this mm-hmm. was definitely a cool story. Mm-hmm. Again, at first I was like, this doesn't seem very Poish mm-hmm. and then you realize that it's not. Yeah. It's, it's definitely H.P. Lovecraft. But uh, yeah, Lon Chaney Jr. was very cool. He has another servant. Uh, Milton Parsons plays um, Jabez. Jabez? I, I don't know if they remember even pronouncing mm-hmm. it. Hutchinson, but he's just kind of another servant. He hasn't yeah. really, he I don't really think really he really talks much. No. Um, I did want to mention, so yeah, we mentioned his wife is played by Deborah Padgett. She didn't do much. She was in the Ten Commandments. Um, and then Hester was uh, played by Kathy Merchant, who did a bunch of Alfred Hitchcock Hour oh, episodes, okay. but again, nothing too genre-related. But th- that's kind of the main cast. And yeah, you have the townspeople that are there, and they, even though, again, it's not him, 
they still want this guy dead or taken right? out of their town. They were going to lynch him, weren't they? Yeah. But the townspeople are played by, again, various actors that time. So Frank Maxwell plays um, Dr. Again, every every character plays two characters. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just going to mention their present day character because mm-hmm. there are other characters only in the movie five minutes. But Frank Maxwell plays uh, Dr. Marinus Willett. Um, again, a bunch of Alfred Hitchcock presents episodes. Um, he did The Intruder with William Shatner. Oh, cool. I need to see that because it's got a great cast because someone else also was in that film. I've been dying to oh, see yeah. that one. That's the one where like William Shatner comes in and kind of incites violence against African Americans. Americans or something or is it the other way around like he comes in there and he's trying to stop it I forget but it, it was Corman's one film where he actually tried to do something outside of the horror tried to actually have a message and it, it bombed and oh, he stinks. never really tried to be too artistic again um, he was also Mr. Majestic uh, Frank Maxwell but the doctor plays he's the only one of the townspeople that he was previously part of the mob but he's the only one that maybe he's realized that maybe his he forefathers normal, were kind right? of uh Shouldn't have maybe burnt him yeah. alive. I guess he never really comments on that, but he's the only one that's actually there to try to help yeah. these people and, and realizes he gets that they're different. his wife out of town yeah. and shit. Uh, the other townspeople, though, are played by... Um, we got Leo Gordon is kind of the main evil yeah. leader of the mod, the one that's he's constantly... He's the guy that has inside. a lizard son. Like yeah, that he's uh, played by... He plays Edgar Whedon, and he's got, again, a whole cat. He did a bunch of Westerns, Gun Fury, Hondo. He was also, again, Hondo. in The Intruder. Uh, Night of the Grizzly, St. Valentine's Massacre, a bunch of Corman flicks he did. Uh, Saturday the 14th, Strikes oh. Back. It was one of his later oh, wow. films. Uh, we got Alicia or Elijah, however you pronounce <laughs> the name. Uh, Cook Jr. plays Mika Smith. Gideon Smith, um, he's again one of the mob guys. Uh, again, just great. You look at his filmography and it's like Maltese Falcon, The Big Sleep, Shane, House on Haunted Hill, Rosemary's wow. Baby, The Night Stalker, Blackula, Messiah of Evil, Dead of he Night. This guy has like quite everything. the filmography. That's a pedigree, yeah. man. Um, John Dierkis plays Benjamin West slash Jacob West. Again, Shane. A lot of these guys were in Shane. Huh. I guess back then you pretty much did Westerns yeah. and then you did film noir, then you did horror. That was kind of like... That was how it goes. Yeah. Huh? But, um, and uh, he was also in Albert and Costello, uh, Meet Mr. Hyde, The Alamo, Premature Burial, Mega Man. Wow. And finally, Guy Wilkinson is the final... Did you say The Premature Burial of Mega Man? No, Premature Burial and Omega Man. Oh, uh, The Premature Burial of Mega Man. Like, that should be a documentary, <laughs> man. I would watch that but um and yeah sorry the last mob guy like again there was other people in the mob that like he names off five guys um the last one was guy wilkerson plays mr leach um so yeah that that's pretty much the plot of the film he says he's gonna get put a curse when he dies these family members all have deformed children and when he comes back into town or sorry his ancestor comes back in town they want him out um you find out that though the possessed price is actually Causing mischief in the oh, town, he's he going is trying like to burning people alive. He's, he's trying to bring, yeah, letting out the lizard boy to kill his dad. Yeah, oh, that scene where he burns the guy alive is like fantastic. Like the way it's done, it feels mm-hmm. very modern. Mm-hmm. I noticed some very like again this nineteen sixty three. Yeah, Corman was a. I never appreciate him. I always appreciate him as the producer the that brought us all these films. Yeah. He was a great fucking director. We've talked about it time and time again with these films, but there's a lot of great camera work in them, especially for the quick, the quick, quick turnaround, quick turnaround and the low budget. And like this film, same thing. Like the even the first uh, scene where, uh, so the the film opens up with the spider web with these credits, oh, which is very cool. cool. Uh, it's a close-up of a spider forming webs. Um, very cool visuals. But then we get this. The the score is kind of this epic, like mm. trumpets blaring and stuff, and as it goes through the the castle but when it gets to price there's this like quick pan to price and it just felt like a very modern edit yeah. technique you would see and it goes to him and the, the trumpets blare I thought that was a really cool introduction mm-hmm. to him but yeah there's like you said the scene where he lights it on fire is very well done too like it's 
it's I don't know. It just felt modern to me. It felt like it. A lot of these films kind of feel a little bit stagey and yeah. and, and slower than and not in a bad way. But this, there were some definitely moments in this film that was just so well done, and that was one of them. I thought that scene was fantastic mm-hmm. and terrifying. Again, it was good, right? Price was so good about being that charming, lovable everyman. But then he could also be the most sinister, scariest dude, and awesome. he could do it on the flip of a you know turn of a coin. Exactly, like it was. It was. He's just so good at that. I think. Which yeah, I don't know. You see that in a lot of his films. He's just very good at that. I thought. The set- One of my favorite things is is when he is actually Kerwin, and he goes back home. And he's trying to get his wife to kind of give it up. He's like, "I'm just taking my husbandly prerogative." <laughs> I just love that term. To be quite honest with you. I actually wrote that quote down because, yeah, that scene kind of made you uncomfortable because you know, so you know that he's no longer her husband. He's, he's no ward. He's actual the, Kerwin. The original, yeah, which I think she's knowing at this time. So well, it's, he's acting completely different. She's yeah. like, I'm not going to sleep with you because you're acting like, like a weirdo. And yeah. it's just kind of this weird scene. It's like, yeah, it, it is technically the body of her husband, but it's not. So it's this weird thing. Like, is it okay to sleep with her? But it, it kind of felt rapey. And I wrote down the line. He's like, surely your husband has certain rights. I demand that you kiss me. What delights we shall share. We too. What tender, intimate delights. <laughs> but he started it in this creepy, like, I don't know. He's so good at just like getting underneath your skin. And there's a scene later on too, where she's in the bed. He literally like tries to like force himself yeah. on her. Again, this is for 1963. That's... And he doesn't actually do it. She pushes him off him, but there's definitely like rape intent there. And oh, yeah. I, that was uh, it's that was prerogative. Yeah, like I, I thought that was definitely um, a surprise. I didn't think you know you had that stuff. And and again, maybe I'm just like, being ignorant, but I didn't know like you know in this mainstream kind of <laughs> Price Corman Poe <laughs> movie that uh, you know that kind of stuff was in there, and it definitely it felt definitely creepy and kind of made the, him more of a, a, a terrifying character, very villainous. Yeah. But I do want to mention, yeah, the sets and set design of this film, the cinematography and the webs and the amazing. fog and the basement, the lighting of the, and um, castle or the yeah. mansion or palace yeah. is so good because it has like that twisting stairwell yeah. that looked like it is the ricketiest thing in the world. Like it's going to collapse at any second. Yeah. And it was so good looking. And even that like, um, Stage where shit happens at the end. Yeah, looked so good. Oh, yeah. There, there's lots of like the, the lighting and everything. I, I was very surprised. This, this was a great looking film. Um, and and it, and right from the beginning, you noticed that. I wrote down like that was like my second note I had for the film, just how gorgeous the film looked. Uh, mm-hmm. It, it maybe all, all of these films actually, all the four of the pole films have looked really good. I think Mask of Red Death is probably the highlight. I guess as he goes on, he gets better and better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they all definitely look really really cool. I even thought, did you get this? I kind of even got a Tim Burton vibe at times with like the lighting and lightning and the gray skies and like just, I don't know, the score with the kind of the, he always had those orchestrated scores and some of the, the edits and the vibes. And I, I don't know, maybe it was, it's on my head, but I kind of got a Tim Burton. Yeah, I didn't you could kind of see how said. Tim Burton oh, yeah. grew up watching all these films. We all know he was a Price fan because he did that short uh, Price or Vincent, sorry, it was Vincent. called. But you, I don't know. I, I kind of got that vibe that he was influenced by these films. Like, watch like Sleepy Hollow and yeah, stuff like yeah, that. I guess you actually Sleepy Hollow for sure in this one too, right? And even like the opening of Edward Scissorhands yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, a couple of things I just wanted to uh, talk about before we get into spoilers. Um, one line I really loved is where the doctor is kind of warning him and telling him the story of, of what happened. And I, I just thought that I wrote down. 
I advise you, Mr. Ward, to leave this village. I advise you to flee as you would from a madman with a knife. I oh, thought that was a, a cool line where he's trying to get him to get out of town. Um, another thing I want to comment on, you see this in a lot of films, but don't you wish you were rich just so you could be so rich that you could drink your fucking whiskey and then just throw the glass in the oh, fire? Oh, that'd be amazing, right? <laughs> like, you must go through, a, you know, a couple of glasses. So much glasses. <laughs> and they look like good glasses, too. Yeah. But I just, I want to be that rich. That's yeah. my goal in life. I'm not one to waste whiskey. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, as you talked about, the kills were very, very cool. I thought they were quite, um, quite vicious for, for oh, the yeah. time. And I love how he's like going down and just ripping the names off that piece of paper. Almost yeah, like, like yeah, crossing them out. Yeah. Well, even like the servant says, like, come on, like, let's forget about that. That was hundred years ago. Yeah. We have better things to do. Yeah. You know, let's try to get, bring your wife back and yeah. finish what their experiment was, which mm-hmm. we'll get into in spoilers. And he's like, no, no. I'm getting my revenge. This is the most important thing. Um, There was one scene, did you notice that, I don't know if it was a blooper, but they're in the basement and um, they've got the doctor and the the wife and they're, it's near the end, I won't go into too much, but he's he's got this powder and he's throwing the the powder onto the torch and light. Did you see where he throws on the torch and kind of, lights up and he erupts in this fire this cool effect but it almost like burnt like you could see like the doctor yeah. jump out of the way and kind of like look like scared shitless like oh I almost got torched it and even the him. even the wife beside him yeah. you can kind of see like looking like holy shit do we keep on going <laughs> with this scene but again it worked for the movie right oh yeah yeah no it's definitely a cool moment and I guess he just goes around just like lighting everything doesn't yeah. he like this pentagram well, I think everything else we should talk about I mean there's one really important aspect I, I want to get into but I feel like we should throw it in spoilers I guess let's give our final thoughts, yeah. final review, and then we'll jump into uh, spoilers. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you going to give this one, Manny? I'm going to give it 7 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, I enjoyed it. The atmosphere was great. The story was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I'm not, I think I'm going to go 7 as well. I think I, I feel like this is a film that like, even I now I kind of want to give 7 and a half. That, like, as I, I, it's a film I want to go back to. I think I was mm-hmm. expecting kind of more of a, a post-style kind of theatrical yeah. experience. And it's, now it's more of like this weird kind of monster film right? with vicious kills and kind of gross creatures and I don't know it, it definitely threw me off that it was Lovecraft and I wonder if I went in knowing that that it, I would yeah. have been more prepared uh, what I was going to experience but uh, it's definitely a film I want to watch again it was a nice surprise I'm going to go 7 now but I definitely see this one oh, going okay. up more upon jumping up uh, rewatches but yeah it, it was overall like we've mentioned the sets are great the score is cool uh, the acting was uh, you know there's no there was no bad actors in this film which no. you know we had maybe one or two in the, some of the other films <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone kind of held their own on this one and I thought yeah Price again just steals the show playing the two different parts he's so good in this and yeah like the effects were cool and yeah I, I just I, it was a lot of fun it was a nice surprise mm-hmm. um, again it feels it feels definitely more modern than a lot of the other films it at the really time it does right yeah. like it actually feels like a uh, modern day slasher in a yeah, way yeah um, okay well yeah I guess the rest we're going to talk about yeah. spoilers so if you don't want to have this film spoiled for you there's not too much but there's a little thing yeah. at the end there just skip ahead I guess so we find out that the experience they've been doing is he has a fucking creature. This mo- I guess it was a monster that was living in the basement. Yeah, or- this foreign monster. I-, I don't know if it lives in the basement or does he just conjure it up? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it is in this. It's definitely in this kind of sewer glass right. dome thing that he has. Um, and this is supposed to, I guess, one of the creatures of Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Yeah. Am I saying that right? Cthulhu. 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 Not Cthulhu. Okay. Um, yeah, I need to get into. Uh, I need to get some more. Inc- yeah, get some more. Well, I guess you could watch the Necronomicon. Like the uh, there yeah. is like a. Uh, well, I, I have seen that. I've seen that. I've seen yeah. Dagon. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually did read or or listen to a book on tape of yeah. the Shadow of Inns, Innsmouth, which I really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, I, I want to check out more of his stuff. But uh, yeah, so here's the thing. 
Now, you find at the beginning, Price and the, and the Hester, his wife slash, I guess not servant, his wife, I assume at the time, they're bringing these women, and then the women are leaving. I guess they're impregnated by yeah, this beast. Yeah, so it, right? it's not that he, the is all the deformed people, is that because he put a curse on it? Or is that that these women had these deformed these that's creatures? That's what I'm thinking is happening. And then so it keeps on getting worse and worse the generation because mm. these women are getting impregnated by the creatures. That's supposed to happen. They're getting that's raped what I'm by. Thinking, I think yeah. that's a pretty fucking dark it's story. It's crazy, right? Um, so yeah, that, that's really interesting. The creature didn't look great. I mean, again, you could tell they had to throw it together yeah. probably quickly. I don't even think it moved. It had four arms. It did not. It didn't move at all. They had to like, put the, uh, I guess, gels on the camera. To yeah. Like it was moving. But it was, I mean, yeah, yeah. I wish it looked cooler, but, but it, 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 it served its it only purpose. Yeah, exactly. It only had a bit part in there and you just had to know that, holy shit, these women are getting raped yeah. by a creature. That was pretty fucked up. Um, the other thing is, so at the end... Everything is fine and well. The wife is saved. Price, they burn the pitcher. The curse is removed from him. He's saved. But in the end, yeah, you find out that no, he's actually still possessed. I guess he is still possessed, but like they don't say it. He just kind of looks at the camera and gives like a little sly wink. But even doesn't he even say something that sounds more like. um, Yeah, he definitely is. Curran's character. I think you're definitely supposed to I realize that burning the painting didn't fully remove every it. Every time he is Kerwin, his face is a bit more yellowish. Yeah. I don't know if he, he put on more makeup for his current mm, transitions, but like no. you definitely tell he's a bit more uh, pale. Okay, yeah, I didn't notice that. Interesting. Mm. I'll have to check that out next time. But um, yeah, I mean, there's not really too much else for spoilers. Mm. I mean, the it's a little anticlimactic in that, like Chani and the servant, they actually we didn't even talk about. It, so they actually resurrect his wife. Yeah. But again, um, they definitely feel like well, there, there, there was a cool kind of, you saw like a yeah. cool kind of zombie creature corpse, you know, in the um, uh, skeletal corpse in the tomb and she yeah. comes back. But yeah, those three are brought back to that. They don't really, you don't get too much time with that though because yeah. it's almost, some of these films I find near the end, it's like they, they yeah, run out of time and up. that it's anticlimactic a lot of time. They're, the endings always feel rushed in a lot mm-hmm. of these. Like I definitely felt that way in House of Usher and this film, same thing because those those three characters just disappear and that's like, oh, I guess oh, they well, maybe they'll be back. Maybe again. they burnt know. alive in the house. Maybe I don't. I think you see them run away though before yeah. the fire is really that bad. I mean, maybe we'll get Price a hot, and the doctor got out. too. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't know. It's uh, just something I want to comment on. Uh, anything else you want to add, or should we... I think that's pretty much it, man. Like... Okay, well, so that's it for our spoilers. Um, yeah, I think that's it for the episode. Uh, mm-hmm. We will be back one more time with the mask of oh, Red Death, yeah. or is it the Red Death? One of your favorites, one that on my first viewing I didn't love, but I'm definitely interested in checking it I out think again. I you'll it, man. See if, it, um, if it's gotten better over time, like a fine wine. Like a fine red wine, Fine price wine. Um, <laughs> like a uh, cask of Montedale. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, this has been our episode. We'll be back. If you guys want to share your thoughts on any of these price films, on this film... Let us know. You can get a hold of us on Twitter at Movie City Maniac. Or you can find us on a email at MovieCityManiacs at gmail.com. Yeah, and then just Facebook. We have a Facebook group that you can like and one that you can, a uh, group page that you can join and comment in on. Just search Movie City Maniacs. You should be able to find it. Uh, that's it, folks. We'll be back one more time with some price. Um, yeah, do you got anything? What do you end it, Maddie? Stay scared. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get raped by any, like, a... Cthulhu monsters. Four-armed monsters. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Okay. Bye, Bye, guys. Bye.